fellow travelers, welcome to the 100th level of the RPG Cave. I am one of your hosts, the level 99 human archmage, Ryan Turford. I am joined, as always, by the level 99 elf medic, Mr. Garrett Bland. Garrett, how are you doing on this lovely, lovely Monday evening? We made it. We made it to level 100. We're finally here. We did it. We made it. For folks who are listening, I just did the dab. I unlocked a new emote. Uh, at the 100th level, and it is the dab. So there you go. That's uh, that's what's happening on the 100th level, Ryan. But you didn't. You, you so were, we just unlock emotes. That's but I it. mean, we got to the 100th level, but you didn't go yeah. up a level. You just got an extra skill, the dab. Like was that with microtransactions? No, no, no. I, I had to, to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a microtransaction box type of thing. Okay. And uh, it was a 0.001% chance of getting this emote as a Ooh. NFT. So it was a fungible token, but I did get it. And so I'm going to sell it for 1 million uh, digital Bitcoin. Why did why did you have to bring NFTs into this, man? <laughs> we, were, we were having such great banter. Sorry. The show was going so well. Everything. And you bring yeah. NFTs into the show, Garrett. What are you doing Of here? course. What is, what is, I had to do show? it, man. Good God. Well, this Blame. is the RPG cave where we talk about RPGs all the time and not NFTs. So folks at home, if you want to support the show, there's a number of awesome ways to do that. Number one, if you're watching the live stream right now, right at youtube.com slash carpalgamer. If you're watching the video on demand later, don't forget to like the video. Subscribe if you haven't hit that subscribe button already. And let us know in the comments below what you think about tabletop role-playing games. Have you played D&D before? Have you played any of the other myriad other tabletop role-playing games before? Uh, let us know in those comments below. And also, of Please. course, hit that notification bell or, you know, Nicolas Cage roundhouse kick that notification bell to be notified whenever we go live or when we put up new videos on the channel also if you're listening on audio feeds don't forget to like uh don't forget to rate us there as well as you know uh make, make sure to subscribe there as well man i'm just a mess tonight garrett i just don't even know it's what's all going good. on anymore. we're all messes tonight i know and then last but not least if you want early access to all of our audio or one big audio feed with all the carpool gaming content or it or some exclusive content exclusive you can head on over to our patreon patreon.com slash carpool gaming throw a little tip in the old tip jar just like jonas young did who we're oh. welcoming back as a gold member thank you so much jonas for for hopping back in and of course Garrett, we have you. to promote this because we have to promote the patreon because that's what we do here of course. um we got to give a shout out to the pants patreon podcast for patrons podcast that came out mm -hmm. yesterday with um, yours, the, the, the doctor. Well, I can't even, yes. I can point correctly. Right here. I swear. Right here. Yes. Garrett, you put it, you yes, put it in your episode. It. People really liked it yes. too. Like we're getting a lot of good comments. Well, that's it. good. I'm, I'm glad people like my rambling. Uh, you know what? I had a lot of help from the amazing patrons sending in some awesome questions and I'm very glad to do it. It was, it was very fun to talk through all the non-gaming stuff. So if you're really curious about like academia and stuff, check it out. Check out that episode. Yeah, gen generally, like the Pants Patreon podcast uh, is kind of where we get to talk about, you know, non-gaming stuff or, or talk about, you know, topics yeah. we usually don't get to talk about on a lot of the shows. So if you want to learn more just about Garrett, um, you can definitely go check that yeah. out on the Patreon. That's available to, of course, all the people at the exclusive tier and above. And then my episode's actually coming up in two weeks again. Uh, it'll be my Ooh. turn again. Because Court's this week and then my episode's next week. Um, so there you go. You oh, cool. can get, learn more about us there. Um, but, but Garrett, before we actually read from the sacred text, we got a little yes. side quest. We got to go journey on <laughs> we did. because you brought this to my attention that we needed to have a discussion about this. So we're going to have a discussion about this again. So we're going to resume our discussion about is final fantasy 16 an RPG. This is round two 
because Round two. You know, Garrett and I talked about this before. I'm in the camp where I feel like Final Fantasy 16 is an RPG because, but it's like borderline RPG and just straight action game. Uh, but Garrett, your opinion has changed. Tell me about it. Well, okay. I, you know, if we're going by the definition that we set, I am not going to objectively say this is not an RPG. Okay. okay. I just, let's just lay the groundwork. Final Fantasy 16 is an RPG, just like Zelda 2 is like an RPG. Okay. It just, we're just, anyways, I just, you know, I'm going through this, man. Um, and I, I hope we do a review discussion soon. I don't know if you want to set that up, you know, later on in a few weeks or something like that. So just to throw, just in the spirit of transparency, yes, there is a review discussion coming. Um, okay. We are trying, we, we're kind of, I'm kind of waiting for everyone else on the team to kind of finish the game. Cause I, cause yeah. Matt's I know Matt playing finished. it. Uh, oh yeah. Matt finished court still playing it. I think. Um, yeah. And then I'm, you're still playing it and then I'm finished. So I, I kind of want to wait for either of you to finish or both of you to finish. And then we'll kind of, okay. Kind of I'm getting that. there. I'm like, uh, hold on. I'm trying to, I, I built a workshop. Okay. How about that? I know yes, where I'm around there. Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah. you're like halfway through the game. I'm more than, oh, come on. I'm like more than halfway. Anyways. Um, I just think of the group of games that Final Fantasy 16 is kind of in the camp now for me. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is very light RPGs. You can argue this, you can argue it's an action RPG or it is an action adventure game with RPG elements. Now, because of the pedigree of what Final Fantasy is, uh, everyone's going to say it's an action RPG. And I think that's yeah. what's going to be the definition going forward. I just look at, <laughs> games like like the sony uh third person action game like ghost of tsushima horizon and god of war the three pillars really of of sony games and arguably it's in that camp of just like you got a character with a set of skills that's going through a story it's not really open world like uh, horizon or uh ghost but you know it's definitely like a story driven linear game with some side quests very similar to god of war and i know some people out there i haven't played too much god of war but i hear there's like a little bit more uh, in-depth rpg mechanics um in the second one so on and so forth so i just think you know calling it a very rpg to me it's hard and even comparing it to like the seminal action rpg games i kind of associate with mm -hmm. i'm mainly drawn to like let's say the game like witcher uh right. witcher 3 and it's a very different action rpg and i call that more of a role-playing game just because it has i don't want to i want to sound just like a little specific just for me this is like kind of like for me and not for everyone else Mm -hmm. it's a lot bit more involved with just like what's a monster weak or strong against how do you handle a monster hunt how do you go through like a quest you know you kind of have to think about or not really think about it but you have to investigate how to like overcome whereas i feel like this game is like okay let's go to the next level all right smash that square triangle and the special skills button all right yeah. go to the next level um which isn't a bad thing it's a very good game of that um but i'm th that's just me it's just that it is a it's an action game with very light rpg mechanics you can yeah. diversify a little bit there are stats there are levels it's just man oh man it's telling telling me this is a role-playing game it's like well i guess god of war is an rpg then 
and that, yeah. that's just that just and people have made that argument before i mean it's not yeah. even that 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 argument isn't out there um i actually think that final fantasy 16 when i compare it to god of war ragnarok because i've played both of them pretty recently i will say that okay. i personally think that 16 is definitely more of an rpg than ragnarok okay. is okay cool. um but at the same time as i talked about last week like 16 and Ragnarok aren't really too different from each other. And it is like, yeah. <laughs> again, it's kind of on like the borderline of what I would consider. Right. So it's not like, I'm not saying I'm not arguing with some of these, these people out there, Garrett, who are saying like, it's a full on RPG, like other RPGs. I'm saying it's like as close to an action game as you could possibly get before not call it, calling it an RPG anymore. It's yeah. what, what, yeah. what is kind of my standpoint. So I don't, I don't think you and I are actually really too far off from the way we feel. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you're just a touch in the other direction than I am when it comes yeah. to when, when I got to, so when I just got to the hunts and did like four or five hunts, I'm like, okay, guys, this is not, it's, it's not supposed to be that involved with side RPG mechanic stuff. And that's totally fine. And I, I also want to preface that, you know, it's just kind of my own bias with just action games in general. I'm not a big action person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I go back to like, you know, classic role playing games. Let's just take a game like Chrono Trigger. It's not like, oh, it has side quests, it's more in depth. I just think of that as a classic RPG because, you know, you have party members, you have some turn-based mechanics that, you know, there's different reasonings for different strokes of different RPGs. So, yeah. Yeah. This is definitely we're on the same boat here. Yeah, like actually, and and when you bring up the side stuff, like it really actually feels more like an MMO with its side content than a traditional. <laughs> oh yeah, game. Like you can definitely sure. tell, like this is made by Creative <laughs> Business Unit Three, aka the 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 Square Enix studio that makes Final Fantasy fourteen, because That's the true. side content in this it very much feels like the side content in Final Fantasy fourteen does. Go pick so up the, flowers. The, yeah, deliver dirt. Yeah, between what you're actually doing in them, but also the way that it enhances the story or the way it tells the stories in in those things. Where some some of the stories in the side quests are inconsequential, but I can assure you later in the game there are side quests of sig of, of big story significance um, okay. that you will actually see later on in the game, or ones that are, that tell like their own interesting stories on their own. Which I think I mentioned before, cool. Garrett. I've, I like that they feel kind of Witcher like in their st- in the way that they tell some of their side stories later on okay sure. um yeah. so i do think like there are side missions towards the end of the game or even in like when you get to this specific area um uh i, I won't talk about it here for spoilers is it later okay it's like it a- is, after- it, it, it's actually yeah. probably around the part you're at now if i'm being honest garrett but, okay Okay. Um, there are specific side. I mean, a there. workshop sounds promising. Just letting you know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, exactly. okay. There's something there. Yeah. Over halfway through the game, there, there's something there. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm not begrudging, guys. I, I'm, I'm loving Final Fantasy, and that's why I'm still playing it. It's not like I'm disliking yeah. it. It's just calling it an RPG is hard for me. To the point where you even ran a poll on your Twitter this week about Final Fantasy, which we'll actually get to yeah. a little bit later. So don't we'll, talk we'll about it now. We'll, we'll get to it for sure. A little bit. Um, but now, Garrett, it is time to read from the sacred texts because we're, we're going to grab our D20s. We're going to get our, our you know, oh, no. 20-sided die, our, our six-sided die, like the nerds four-sided we are. die. We're gonna we're gonna put up our, we're we're gonna you know get our our bag of Cheetos and our our sodas and we're gonna you know put up that little wall <laughs> and get our like dungeon books out because it's time to talk about tabletop role playing games. 
tonight. Yeah, that is the the topic for tonight's episode, because over the years, first of all, tabletop role playing games go all the way back to like the 60s and 70s. They are very, very old. And uh, of course, there are bajillion video games kind of basically based off different licensed role, um, tabletop role-playing games. So what we're going to do is we're going to do like an overhead discussion about Amen. tabletop role-playing games. We're not going to dive too deep into any of the, the games or the series that we're going to talk about tonight. We'll just talk about them on the surface. And of course, any games that we've talked about, uh, played before, we'll kind of go, you know, talk about it a little bit. Also, um, and for folks that are wondering, because Baldur's Gate 3, that's part of the reason why we're doing this episode tonight. It's because Baldur's Gate 3... It's actually going to be out yeah. in a couple of weeks, um, yeah. and we're kind of doing this to, to celebrate it. We also might be doing a, a separate Baldur's Gate episode in the future. Also, to, again, probably uh, to celebrate Baldur's Gate. Maybe you do that around when the PlayStation version of Baldur's Gate comes out in September, but mm-hmm. we'll see. That, uh, isn't that a weird news? That, like, Baldur's Gate 3, they're like, okay, uh, it's coming out on PlayStation and we technically can't put it on Xbox yet. It is very hard to put it on Xbox. Yeah. And then uh, PC is earlier now. And it's like, yep. well, this is a mess coming in, but I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah. No, the PC version has been in early access since 2020. Oh, yeah, forever. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, it, it's one of those things where we, we like, it, it of course makes sense that it would actually come out first. I'm actually surprised that the PC version didn't come out, like, earlier this year, and then the PlayStation version came out later. Kind of like something like yeah. they did, like, uh, Hoyoverse did with, with Honkai Star Rail. So I'm actually kind of yeah. surprised they didn't go down that road. But, uh, and in fact, Garrett, you remember when Baldur's Gate 3 was a Stadia exclusive at one point? Oh, Man, I, those were the I, days. You remember Stadia? Yes. <laughs> that, uh, wow. That was a Google platform really that existed. It. Yeah. Yep. It's in the uh, grave now. Good. The God. Google grave. So then I'm going to ask you before we get it, get started because um, we didn't get a question specifically about this question. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you this, Garrett. Okay. Have you really played a, ter- a tabletop role playing game before? Or have you ever been interested in doing that, but just haven't been able to? So. I want you first to define a tabletop role-playing game in general, because we know, you know, in general, board games. Right. But this is a this is a specific set, a subset of board games that you take on a role, you take on a character, and maybe it will. Mostly, you're in a team, or you're facing against other players, real life yeah. players, in a board game fashion. Right. Well, it's usually not PvP. A lot of times you are on the same, <laughs> same team kind of working together to kind of you overcome an ima- like an odds, like uh, other odds that are defined by the dungeon master. Because every time um, there's a tabletop role playing game like this, there's a dungeon master that kind of tells the story, um, yeah. rules for the monsters, as well as, you know, sets up kind of like sets the mood and the tone um, and kind of describes what's happening in the world. Um, and, and, and while the other players kind of you know, have their own stat sheets for all their different characters, you pick kind of like a character with a character class, and you fill out the stat sheet based on what the tabletop uh, RPG book that you buy um, outlines for based on mm-hmm. on the rules of the scenario. Um, and you kind of go from there. So and and there's been all kinds of tabletop role playing games. And, and we're going to talk, of course, about kind of the the franchises that started as tabletop games and then became video games. But there are lots of like video games or other properties that have become tabletop games over the years. That's true. Um, like the Magic the Gathering is like a pretty good example of this, where of course, which of the of the coast they own Dungeons and Dragons, but they also own yep. Magic the Gathering. So they've created 
they created a whole bunch of Dungeons and Dragons like scenarios for Magic the Gathering, and it plays very it's similarly really cool. to, to Dungeons and Dragons. You also had a lot of weird offshoots like tabletop role playing games because you've just had those over the years. Um, I also think there's actually like a Last of Us tabletop role playing game as well as some other one so it's like that's pretty super cool interesting and fun so getting back to my original question now that we've kind of you described described it, first it of all, thank you so much yeah. for laying it remembering to lay it out because i totally forgot to do that um but have you have you ever really played a tabletop role-playing game or have you ever been I have. interested in playing okay i have played a few um and it was really back in my college days it was really before my phd 20 i would say 2016 2017 is really i got into some really dnd <clears throat> i think it was the fifth edition um and it was fun it's just uh i went through dungeons and dragons with a group of members i remember having a game master and or dm or, or dungeon master whatever you want to call it um and what i noticed you know going through these scenarios it's like man a dungeon master needs to be on top of it they got to yeah. be very prepared on what the scenario is how to go through it? How can you manage it in a certain amount of time? Because these PlayStation's guys, they're, I would say, at minimum three hours. At maximum, it could be like a whole day, a whole night, or wh- however long you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the one biggest thing that that you know really shout out to me. Um, but I really love playing as the player. Um, I, I took on some characters. I remember, um, I think I was a magician named Alfonso. And, uh, I was, nice. I was basically the, yeah, the, the, the arc mage of the group and, uh, going through, I remember being ridiculous too with the party, you know, yeah. like it was just me and my friends just having a, like, just, you know, just having a good time, having some drinks and we would just do the most goo- like the goofiest stuff in there and do the right. Yeah. So when you go through these scenarios, there's many different situations where, just like Fallout or or Skyrim or, Skyrim or whatever, mainly Obsidian, you got skill checks, right? Mm-hmm. You got these skill checks, and it's like, oh, you can charm away, or you can sneak away, or something like that. And I remember my uh, one of my friends always wanted he he maximizes on charm skill nice. or whatever that skill set is, and he tried to like be very charismatic and charm like r- even random monsters away. Yeah. Um, it was pretty yeah. funny. So, cause you can yeah. talk like certain enemies, like if you run into bandits or something like that, if you use the charm skill or if you, if you have like high charm, you could or charisma, you could actually you know, talk them out of killing you or having to even fight them at all, yeah. which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, the, the DM, whatever they, I think they're really in control of how fun the, the situation can be because they're yeah. managing the responses of like the situation itself, whether it be fighting monsters, whether it be secret items or what's the under, like making up stuff on the fly as well. What if a player is finding a passageway or whatever, they have to make stuff up on the fly. Um, so yeah, that, that's my experience. Uh, it's just a couple, not, not too much of, okay. of D and D. Um, and then I've played, um, some, I would say like, you know, board game slash role-playing game type of scenarios. Um, where they have like a board game and rules and setup, but you take on a character and and that character has certain stats and whatever. And you kind of just go through a scenario or something like that. So yeah. I've, I've played a few of those, few of those. Yeah. They, Cause um, there's like, you know, yeah. you, you can have like the big long journeys, 
with characters that go on forever or there a lot of times there's short scenarios that you can maybe do in an hour or two that are like yeah. short contained stories where you basically have like preset characters and then you don't worry too much about you know having to, to do the long the 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 long-term stuff which is pretty cool yeah um, yeah sure yeah what about um, you so as for me um i actually got my start in tabletop games it, when i was in grade seven so this was a long long time, long time ago like that would have been oh my god 11 or 12 years old right uh, well that would have been 11 or 12 years old so that would have been you know 1995 1996 mm-hmm. is, is around yeah. where i when i got started with some of these um basically when uh my family moved back from back to canada from texas um we moved to a, to a small town um, and our next door neighbors um, it, it had some friends around the neighborhood, um, and those kind of became our friends. Uh, and those were kind of my, the friends I had throughout high school. Um, and nice. we used to play a lot of video games because you know that's where we played. You know, N sixty four or Super Nintendo or played with Lego. But one of the things we really got into was advanced fighting fantasy. Garrett, I don't know if you've heard of this, but this is actually no. uh, a British tabletop role-playing game that kind of originated there um but you know it, it wasn't really that popular but it was very similar to D, but i think it was a little more loose with its rules than than D. Mm. for example we would go on big long adventures like my friend scott was that was the dungeon master and then my brother kyle myself and our friend todd were kind of like the three players in the game um but what was interesting is that when we were building our characters for example we would build characters, but all of our, our our races and classes would be randomized. So we would roll a dice, or we or um, depending on the like some of the classes, we would actually have to say like pick a number out of two hundred because there'd be two hundred classes in Advanced Fighting Fantasy, and then you, depending on what number you randomly pick, that's what you're playing as. Was mm-hmm. kind of how we how we played that, and then you'd be stuck with that character for weeks. Out of, upon weeks on end so hopefully you randomly picked a character that you really liked um but we we um but we had so many fun adventures with, with like scott was a, a really good dm um and he did a good job of kind of explaining the story and the scenery and and we had a lot of fun you know sitting around and and you know just having having a ball playing aff I, like i remember in one round like where for six months i was playing as a half man half pterodactyl berserker i love it and uh but so i was i would basically run in and and apparently i had this attack that was super overpowered where i could use my beak and like crush it into people's skulls i I have a question is is this like half man half pterodactyl like split physically in half no i I had like like arms and the legs of a of a human but i had how does that work and and the beak of a pterodactyl well is it actually uh, garrett are you you familiar with the x-men at all I, I'm familiar with the X-Men, yes. Okay, so there's a villain that they fight in the, the Savage Land storyline called Sauron. Not Sauron mm-hmm. from Lord of the Rings, but Sauron the pterodactyl mm-hmm. man. Um, I was basically like that, essentially. <laughs> okay, sounds yeah. good. You should, you should look up Sar- Sauron from X-Men, because that would give you a pretty good visual distinction. Got it. it. But, but also we did, you know, there were stupid stupid mistakes that I made where um, we were like, oh, um, we had to fight this monster that was under the water. So we're like, oh, well, well, Todd's character has the ability to take down the monster and we can't hit it from here. So why don't we just toss Todd into the Todd's character into the lake? And I'm sure he'll be able to swim and take down the monster. But when he Todd rolled for initiative, he his character couldn't swim. 
So he oh, ended no. up drowning and losing his character because we didn't know that it was, that's just how the way that, that things would break in that game. Um, oh my goodness. So yeah, like weird, weird, crazy stuff would happen with advanced fighting fantasy. And we had, again, that was, that was a blast. We played that for years. And then after that, um, we, we started, you know, getting more into D and D, uh, when I was in high school, like, you know, grade 11, grade 12, OAC, okay. AKA grade 13 here, here in, uh, here in Canada. Um, you have a 13. And, yes. I went to grade 13 Garrett because, um, because originally crazy. It, back in the day, Garrett, you know, in, in Ontario, if you wanted to go to university, you had to mm-hmm. do grade 13 in order to attend university. Um, it was a requirement that, that the province had for whatever reason. That That is that is very interesting because grade 12 for me felt like it was like pre-college or like getting into college. And it yeah. kind of makes sense because in the early 1900s, they actually expanded another year during the Great Depression just because of free meals for students. And that's why a grade 12 exists in the U S but anyways, side history, keep on going. Yeah. So like we, um, yeah. So grade 13 was a thing that I did because I, at the time wanted to go to university and realized that was a dumb mistake and I should have just, you know, left when it's not always a dumb mistake y'all. Okay. All right. Keep on going. It it, it, it was for me because I, because of the career I wanted to do at the time, it was better to go to college. And I didn't know that at the time. So, um, because uh, I wanted to go into to television and broadcasting, which is what I do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but but grade thirty, but so I never had to go to grade thirteen for that. But anyways, I digress. Going back to RPGs, so playing <laughs> lots of D and Ds. I used to play as a human paladin because, of course, I was you know righteous Garrett. I was I was I, I like to follow the the strict rules of the law. So of course, our dungeon master would come up with all kinds of dumb scenarios where we'd be smuggling drugs, or we would have to, you know, oh, help people do all these things that were very shady. And eventually, I got to the point where I was like, I probably shouldn't be a paladin anymore. This is this was a mistake. <laughs> well, I think you would transform yourself. You're you're not a paladin anymore. Well, maybe you're a paladin by class, but you are definitely rogue slash mercenary. Yeah. Oh, at that point, I would probably go towards blood <laughs> blood guard, which is kind of like the the dark knight kind of class in D anD. d Is that is that like like a, a neutral evil type of thing going on? Or yeah, it's more of like a neutral? it's a lawful evil kind of thing. So like lawful. they're kind oh, of like, okay, like the okay. dark paladins essentially. Sweet, sounds good. Yeah. So yeah, I played lots of D anD. d in high school, but yeah, like as an adult, I haven't really played D anD. d But it's something that's always been you know fa- that's always fascinating me but it's tough to get a group together i know john 32 pointed out in the chat of course uh Stormcrow manor here in toronto which is where i live uh you can hire professional dungeon masters for individual parties so if you have friends that's cool you can actually go to to a place like Stormcrow manor and there's other places like that around town as well to do that at where you can like rent a staff member to basically dm for you and kind of come up with that's and cool. you provide them the scenario and they kind of run through it with you so um That's there great. are options out there for that but it's just like i've never really never really uh never really got into that unfortunately mm-hmm. so the the one big scenario i went through um in 20 i think it was late 2016 early 2017 was curse of strahd it was a dungeons and dragons uh scenario it has been revised for a number of years and uh the dm did a pretty good job uh with the curse of strahd and and i was alfonso in there and i had <clears throat> i had pretty good magic not gonna lie um but definitely struggled uh that is a pretty hard uh well i thought it was a hard campaign um i know my friends now they they do a lot of D because 
just because, you, as you said, you need a group. And yeah. they have a group click going on. And it's actually much, much nicer now because it's you got um, online websites like Roll21, I think it's called. Roll21.net. Let me check that real quick. I, I yeah, think it, there's a bunch 20. of none of that. There's other there's other tools out there, but beyond that, even that that you can that can help you out. Yeah, yeah, and and so you know during the pandemic, people just use these kind of websites to develop the scenario, and it actually does a pretty good job. You don't need like uh, you know be in person, have real life um, st- uh, like miniature figures or, or or maps or whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, more than anything, I think it's really just the time commitment. I know for me, like that's, oh, that it is, plays yes. into it a little bit where you have to really get like, you know, have a group that comes together like every Friday night as an example for four or five hours to kind of play through it. Like that's like it's it's, yeah, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, like it eats in to your video game time like yeah. no tomorrow. And I think that's the one thing that kind of deters me from it. It's like, man, I could be doing five hours of this. I don't know. Like it's fun. And and I think it would be really fun if I had a group of friends together that committed and do this, but man, I can do that four or five hours, just chilling, watching TV or playing games yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, at that point, you're kind of in, in, in control of your own time at that point, Garrett. Like that's, yeah. It makes sense. Like as you get older, especially like at my age where it's like, it's just way tougher to try and, you know, commit people to people to, to do that as it that's is. True. Like um, I mentioned this on Xbox drive last week, but like I've been, I've, I've been wishing and wanting to maybe get like a, a, a four player kind of committed group to, to playing match of the other every single week doing um, like some commander games. Cause I love playing commander. Um, but it's just one of those things where like, there's not a great, a lot of great online sources to do that. Um, and it's just finding people that to, to manage that time commitment that has been, been tough, which is why like in the community, yeah. I would love it if we could organize something like that. Just like, um, you know, maybe if, if there was actually, hold on, someone had a question about this. I want to bring this up real quick. Um, <laughs> Go for it. Oh, I messed out of, uh, you, you missed out. Them. I must not have put it on here. Maybe, uh, yeah, because someone Oops. had asked about if if we could actually come up with a you know a carpool gaming community. I did see um, that, like, like a group. Like I D&D think I think it was uh, crap. Oh, and I I I did see that. There are so RPG many messages uh, uh, in the board about oh really different things. Um, oh, it was Skinny Matt. Let me read Skinny Matt. Skinny Matt, that's it. Yes. Um, Skinny Thank Matt you, says, Skinny Matt. I've always been interested in diving into some D&D, especially um, since Preston has always wanted to play. I tried to do a character build with him, um, but with, with the five edition, edition yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I had no idea what we were doing. Plus, I knew it'd be an issue trying to play due to having to modify any of the modules for only one player since I've never really played myself. I never had to take advantage of the multiple local game stores that we have in the area to find a group. So I decided to get a reprint of Hero Quest because I played that over 25 years ago. Just going to say that I loved playing that as I watched my eight-year-old daughter smiling the entire time as we play Hero Quest. On that long note, are there any intentions of Carpool Gaming putting together a weekly uh, or bi-weekly or monthly campaign for any tabletop games. I mean, honestly, if there was like skinny Matt, if there was the hunger out there from mm-hmm. the carpool gaming faithful, if I heard from people that, that this is something they wanted, um, then it's something we could definitely try organizing. It's just one of those things where it probably have to be someone other than me who actually does the organizing yeah. of, of such a thing. Um, but it is definitely something like if there's enough people that want to do it, um, we could certainly set something up and, and 
uh, create a group within the Discord for doing something like that. So um, if yeah. that's something people would like, please hit me up and uh, and we will see about putting that together and putting a plan in, into action. I wonder how good the online sources are these days. They're doing the uh, just online play with these various tabletop role-playing games because Roll20 was, was pretty good, even the free version. Yeah, uh, was w- was a pretty good way of doing it. Um, but yeah, as you said, it, it needs to. We need to have like a time. It it is a commitment kind of thing, yeah. and it could be uh, as you said, monthly is probably more ideal than biweekly if if people ever do that. But yeah, definitely open to it. Yeah, guys, it would be uh, one of those things where it would probably have to be run mostly by the community. Um, but if yeah. the community wants to, if there's enough hunger in the community for that, we, then that's certainly um, something that we could help put together for sure. Um, but mm-hmm. anyways, I'm also going to bring in Drellish, who also asked a, um, well, not really had a question, but wanted to, to discuss a little, some things here that sure. based on the topic we just talked about. So Drellish asked, have you guys ever indulged in lengthy advanced Dungeons and Dragons tabletop games? I used to play for many, many years as an elven archer, especially an arcane elven archer. That is where Drellish actually comes from. So that we learn the origins of the name oh. Drellish, Garrett, which is exciting. Oh. Have you ever been in the role of a dungeon master having to tell the story? Playing Advanced Dungeons and Dragons is where I developed my love for Oreos and playing till 1 a.m. with close friends every Wednesday for three or four years. I still wow. have contact with all the quote-unquote party members and our DM awesome memory. So yeah, Garrett, you and I never really were DMs at all. Like No, uh, we no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta be, have the, yeah. the math skills, I think, to actually be a DM, let alone have a vivid imagination. And I think you and I are both probably really technical people. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I'm not I'm not even joking too that it is like a part-time job with that mm-hmm. DM type of commitment, especially if you do it weekly. Like, man, you got to set that thing up. Um, like with a scenario book, I think it's better. Um, but man, if you don't have a scenario book, whew. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, well, it's especially because, yeah, yeah that fa- you have to factor that into actually putting, you know, a tabletop role playing game thing together is if is, you know, getting all the books and, and the materials that you need, which can actually be costly nowadays. Like, yeah, because yeah, they've yeah. Got, continued to go up in price kind of uh, over the years. I want I want to explain a little bit more of just the intricacies of what these scenarios are like. Um, imagine like you know you're I, I'm just gonna build up a scenario just like in people's head. Just just imagine you're a player right now. You're you're kind of joining together in a random town. Uh, maybe you're a mercenary group or whatever, and this mercenary group has been hired to kind of guard this caravan of, of like treasure or whatever. You go to the tavern. In tavern, there's a bunch of mini characters. The DM has to make up what their personalities are, if they're hostile or, or friendly, and what kind of associations they are with. And then, boom, there's uh, robbers coming in. And then you have to figure out how to react to those robbers in a certain amount of time. And then maybe you run away and then you you take off with a caravan. Maybe the whole town lights on fire. That's the kind of stuff that happens in a DM story. It's just situation after situation. There are stats in each of these characters that the DM builds up. There are skill checks of sneaking away, of charming a person, of like, I don't know, transforming a person into a mop. Even to attack. Even to attack because if you miss... Like, what if you miss or you roll for initiative and you get a low initiative score and you're going yeah. you're last in the turn order and all the monsters go before you like 
And not yeah. only that, there's also um, placement of your characters as well, because usually the DM will have like this little map of the battleground that they have yeah. to, to kind of plan out, well, where is everyone kind of positioned? Because because if you're a melee character, like if you're a, a fighter, you have to, you have to um, use your movement um, stat to then yeah. get close to the enemy. Um, and if you, and you know, if you're not fast enough, then, then you won't be able to get there in one turn. So you might not be able to attack. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things in play when it comes to this stuff, or it's actually like in D and D, if you're a wizard, you have to worry about your, the area of attack, area of effect on some of your spells. Area of effect. Yeah, for sure. Because normally in a role-playing game, you don't worry too much about that because there's not friendly fire, but in D and D there's friendly fire. There is. So there definitely is. If, if your mage casts a firebolt and your enemy is here and your, your two melee guys are right next to him, all three of them get hit by the, with the same amount of damage, which is kind of ridiculous. So yeah. There yeah. are some there's some crazy stuff that you have to consider with DMD. Yeah. But yeah. Definitely. But yeah. No, DM DMing is like too complicated for my my <laughs> pigeon brain to kind of handle at this point. Yeah. 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 Also, I love the Garden's con- comment here. This whole episode sounds like a foreign language to me, but I'm enjoying it. Well, also part of it, we haven't really gotten to video games yet. So Garrett, uh 38 minutes into the episode. We'll finally start Let's talking into the the, the role playing game, the the tabletop role playing game, video games. We'll actually talk about video games now. It'll be it'll be great. Okay, this is the RPG t- cave, of course, where we talk about video games all the time. I swear. So, um, yes. first up, we're going to start with the biggest tabletop role playing game franchise in the world, Dungeons and Dragons. Of course, um, I mean mm-hmm. they've got multiple movies, uh, one that was terrible and one that's actually pretty good. Um, but then, I of course, that one. You also got uh, lots and lots of video games to choose from from D&D. In fact, um, the very first D&D game was Advanced Dungeons & Dragons Cloudy Mountain, which was on in television. It came out in 1982. Wow. Um, and it was an action RPG where you play as like a warrior and you explore these maps that kind of like um, – that have like fog of war on them. So like as you progress through the, the caves and the dungeons and whatnot, like it, like it reveals more and more of, of the dungeon to you, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a set, it also got a sequel on the Intellivision a year later as well. Um, And it, uh, and and I remember like when, and Garrett, do you remember the Intellivision Miko when the Intellivision Miko was coming back a few years ago? Uh, No. Okay. (laughs) So, in television, the, the IP was bought by Tommy Tallarico, a famous video game musician, and he wanted to oh, bring okay. back the Intellivision name. So they were creating a, a console called the Intellivision Amico, which was going to bring back a lot of old Intellivision IP. And one of them mm-hmm. was act- that they showed off when they announced the console was a, a, a sequel to Advanced Dungeons & Dragons Cloudy Mountain from the Intelli- the 1982 game. My they were goodness. apparently going to do a sequel to it, which was going to be so, so weird. They showed it off and it looked terrible. And that console never came out because it was kind of terrible. But that's that's a whole other video. Maybe that's a Pitch Shop Retro Gaming video at some point. But, <laughs> um, we also, of course, have um, a big series in video games, the Baldur's Gate series, um, which, of yes. course, originated from Dungeons & Dragons because Baldur's Gate is a location in Dungeons and Dragons, it's like a yes. it's like a pretty fairly big city, um, and you know the 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 original Baldur's Gate games were actually where uh, Bioware got their start because those were games on PC, um, mm-hmm. and they wanted to basically give you the most accurate translation of Dungeons and Dragons possible in like a turn based you know PC kind of like top down um, uh, isometric view 
kind of way. Yes. So that, that's what those games very much were, you know, much beloved games, great storytelling in those games, uh, really, really good games. But I also, we've talked about it on the show before, Garrett. I'm not really into CRPGs, so it was it was tough for me to get into them. But the storytelling in, on display in Baldur's Gate was really, really cool. And it had like, if you if you were familiar with Dungeons and Dragons at all, like there are reoccurring characters in Dungeons and Dragons. And a lot of those reoccurring characters would appear in Baldur's Gate, like Minx and Boo, yes. as an example. Like Minx, of course, the ranger with his little pet hamster that he can make really, really big. Nice, nice. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah I, I'm with you. These uh, CRPGs are not like the top of my <laughs> video game uh, repertoire. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, we're gonna go through the list some more. So I'll, I'll just wait till mm-hmm. I, I say I play some more. But yeah, it is definitely not my strong suit. I do want to play some more though. I know, you know, I do have Baldur's Gate one and two on Steam just because it's been, yeah. you know, well they just bundled up with the package. <laughs> They, oh, okay. They, they re-released those like um, a couple years ago. Like, in fact, yeah. a lot of these games I'm going to talk about in the D and D category all got re-releases because I think like uh, Embracer Group owns all of them. So I think they they did the re-releases think, on all these. I think it was even before Embracer Group. They I, it was a random studio that has these rights and they just re-enhance them for the Switch. Yeah, or something. Because originally they came to mobile and then they came to yes. Switch afterwards. That was kind of how they did it, and then PC as well as other consoles because these are also on i see on xbox and ps5 as well but um, okay we also have the ball so of course if the original baldur's gate if you don't like crpgs they branched out by doing baldur's gate dark alliance one and two these are action rpgs on the original xbox and the playstation 2 and then they those also got re-releases by of course embracer group thq nordic um mm-hmm. now, uh, like pretty recently on all consoles and pc they're fun games to go back to, but and they were great games at the time, but they haven't really aged the best. Um, and they yeah. don't have really have like the level of storytelling that the original Baldur's Gate games did. But I think they were like fun Diablo-esque kind of clones. Yeah. Kind of yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, we got Baldur's Gate 3 coming out in August and September. And of course, Ribble Ribo asks, speaking of D&D, are you will you guys be playing Baldur's Gate 3 by chance? So Garrett, Maybe. I think I, I think of the Carpool Gaming staff, you're for sure the only 100 percent committed to this game at this point. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested in this for sure. Um I I did like the games, the recent games like Divinity, um, Original Sin. I did play quite a bit of that um like a couple of years ago, and I liked the style of it. So yeah, I would totally be down trying it out. If, uh, you know, given the chance. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, (laughs) I'm, I'm on the fence because there's a lot of stuff coming out and I would want to play it on console. I probably wouldn't want to play this on PC. So the, the PlayStation version of Baldur's Gate three comes out the same day as Starfield comes out, Garrett. So yeah, that's unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be tough. That, that it might get pushed to the, the wayside, unfortunately, because like as, as excited as I am to maybe play it this year, it comes out the same day as Starfield, Garrett. I can't do it. For, and for, I'm not going to yeah. buy it on PC because I can play it early. I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm, I, I will play other games instead. instead yeah, that's okay. Yeah. It'll eventually go on sale, just like everything else. But, you know, these, these games do go on sale quite often, too. So, like, give it yeah. a year, and, like, they're, they'll be half price, and you can get Baldur's Gate 3 for... Yeah, yeah. And let me tell you, they're packed with content. Like, I'm sure Baldur's Gate 3 is probably the most 
out of all of them. But man, when I was going through like Divinity, I was just like, dang, this this amount of content throughout the yeah. whole game. It's just like, it's pretty insane how much dialogue there is. You see um, this, but Baldur's Gate 2, Shadows of Om, if you go on how long to beat Garrett, is like an 80-hour <laughs> game. So That's unimaginable. That, uh, yeah. And that's it's like a Persona another, game. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's like a two, like a 2000s like an early 2000s game so yeah and a lot of content in it. but crazy you know that's part of the reason why it's like the Baldur's gate games are known for content and and yarded of course points out but ryan you have an awesome pc i do but i don't want to play the game on my pc i would rather play it on console if i'm being honest so interesting i have, I, my, I have my own personal <laughs> reasons for what i need to do that but um, okay yeah i i feel like these games are going to be right at home for me on the laptop slash steam deck like you know okay i could play some on the big screen okay i can just take it on the couch and you know go through some random side quests and stuff like that yeah although i am worried about steam deck after after hearing about the the split screen stuff with series s how they can't get it to run on there so i'm like if it's if it's that unoptimized on series s i wonder how it'll actually run on steam deck i'm curious about that yeah i think that's more of a i i mean like i i I don't know so (laughs) yeah i guess that, we'll find out be, yeah. yeah i did uh i did mess with the my steam deck a little bit where the vram is higher okay. and i think you know it's also you know just they've been developing on pc for the longest time i'm sure they you know can have some lower settings and more optimized for the processors there instead of like whatever the specific set the series s is but you're right i it could be a yeah <laughs> you may not run on day one for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, next up. So we got the Baldur's Gate series, but then we've also got the Mistara series, which was kind of like the early 90s D&D kind of, uh, just kind made of up realms a, here. I of did. course I did. Yeah. So um, <laughs> with the, of course, that led to a couple of key releases, one of them being Dungeons and Dragons Warriors of the Eternal Sun on the Sega Genesis in 1992. This was very much kind of like the inspiration for Baldur's Gate in a way where it was like a top-down okay. isometric turn-based, very, very D rules specific role-playing game. Um, which was really interesting. I played this actually back in the day on Sega Channel. Um, and it's it's interesting. It's very much like like when you compare that to, to Baldur's Gate, it's like, well, that's this is definitely where they got the inspiration for that from. So, but I won't dive too much longer into it because it's like an old Genesis games, but I will talk about these. We got Dungeons and Dragons Tower of Doom and Dungeons and Dragons Shadows of Mistara. These came out in 1994 and 1996, respectively. And these were arcade games based off D&D. But these were These were beat-em-up RPGs because, okay. uh, Garrett, you remember uh, Dragon's Crown? Yes. Okay, so similar to Dragon's Crown, these were side-scrolling beat-em-up games like a, like a Streets of Rage with rpg elements you would level up your characters you would give your characters new skills you would have branching paths in the levels um and depending on which uh branching path you would go on you'd fight different enemies and different bosses um you had equipment you had all these things that that made these games role-playing games but also beat them up games at the same time um and they were again these were kind of like the inspiration for a game like dragon's crown um and uh this this is also one of those uh, whenever someone asks me garrett about underrated gems on a console like the xbox 360 this is one of the games i point to because they did a re-release of these two arcade games on xbox 360 on xbox live arcade and they always go on sale all the time for like two dollars um and uh and it's backwards compatible with series x 
So people can actually still play these today. Um, and they're very, very fun role-playing games. They also came to Sa- Sa- uh, Sega Saturn back in the day as well. But these are games that I, if people have a Series X now and you like being about Developed by Capcom. Games, yeah. yeah wow. These games are really good. So if yeah. you have if you have a Series X and you like role play, if you like a game like Dragon's Crown, I actually recommend these wholeheartedly. They're really, really good. But cool. Moving on in the 2000s, D&D wanted to kind of branch out and create Forgotten Realms, which was this whole other setting that D&D kind of t- took place in. And we got a bunch of games based off the Forgotten Realms kind of location, uh, and including Icewind Dale, which came out in 2000. That was pretty much similar in the similar style as Baldur's Gate, but made by Obsidian rather than Bioware. Um, yeah. and, and we also got Neverwinter Nights in tw- uh, 2002, which again was was uh, created by Bioware, but it was it was more of a 3D third person game that you could then zoom the camera up to have an overhead perspective. So it was kind of interesting. It, it was kind of splitting between the, those two styles of games. And also, like, Neverwinter Nights has a huge mod scene behind it, Garrett. Even to this day, people still actually make mods for Neverwinter Nights because Good for them. because the, the developers at Bioware kind of really opened up the game and allowed you to create your own custom scenarios for Neverwinter Nights. So a lot of there's actually, like, a pretty popular scene behind this game, despite the fact that it came out in 2002. It's so long ago. Over 20 years ago, guys. Yeah. Just letting you know. Yeah, and this wow. is also one of those games that got even like a modern remaster um, from THQ Nordic as well. Um, around the same time I that those other Baldur's Gate releases came out, yeah, yes, a lot of people have these on Steam probably for you because they've they've probably come up in a million Steam sales at this point. Um, I have these on Switch, and they've they've been on sale on Switch for for quite a while. And yeah. before I had a Steam Deck, I got this, and I think like a uh, bundled in for like with other classic games for like five bucks or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the only thing the Steam, the, the, the switch version is missing is all the mods. Cause you, you can only do that on the PC version, but um, yeah, that, that's kind of been like in a lot of ways for people, that's kind of been their D and D simulator is playing through Neverwinter Nights, but you play by yourself rather than having to, you know, play other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Next up, we got forgotten realms demon stone. This came out in 2004. It was an action RPG um on the original xbox and that was it that was an okay game it was fine it was fun whatever but then neverwinter nights 2 came out in 2006 and it was the, the very much you know in the same style as the original one um but for whatever reason people were just weren't drawn to it in the way that they were with the first game because they, they they made a bunch of changes to it where you couldn't mod it as easily and just, oh, it okay. wasn't really a big hit unfortunately um but then I got to give this game a shout out next. This is a game that I've never played before, but uh, people talk about this game all the time as one of the best CRPGs of all time. And it's gotten, you know, at each, uh, a re-release pretty recently as well. And that's Planescape Torment. Um, this is in the, the kind of the D&D universe um, and it's got its own kind of unique story. Um, but it also is a CRPG plays very similar to, to the Baldur's Gate games. It has like a mm-hmm. really good story as well. But I've never played it, but I hear nothing but great things about Planescape Torment. Like, it's a game that I hear people talk about all the time on their, like, top 25 games of all time lists. It's that. Oh, game. wow. Yeah. I, I I think Planescape and Neverwinter Nights was a bundled thing. Yeah. I actually have to check. Yeah, the, I, I, I know they, they bundled um, a bunch of these together, and I think the, these two were bundled together. Or Icewind Dale was bundled with a lot of these, too. Um, but... 
the Garrett, while you look that up, the we yeah. have now we'll fast forward in time to the newest release in the Dungeons and Dragons universe. Because honestly, Garrett, after 2006, D games kind of went quiet where we just didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of new Dungeons and Dragons video games. Um, and in, and it wasn't really until uh, like t- uh, like last year we got our first one in a long time, which was Dark Alliance Three. So they just called it Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance 3 rather than Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance 3. Um, yeah. But man, that game was terrible. It was honestly one of the worst games from last year. So I heard um, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and they've never gone back to D&D since, which is weird to think about because D&D, I think now, is more popular than it's ever been. Like ever like been in the past, like especially with shows like Critical Role on YouTube, mm-hmm. which is very, very popular nowadays. Like I'm, I'm surprised that they never went back and made more dnd video games well i i think it's uh maybe they're looking at the current landscape and, and i'm just like uh, who, who are the people that are in charge of dungeons and dragons again uh, wizards it's, of uh, the coast so hasbro wizards of the coast i'm sure they're looking at their past and looking at the video game development right now it's like that looks insane uh we're just gonna keep with you know our current magic the gathering slash uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and and then yeah. and you know what they do? They they contract their IP, you know, yeah, to uh, other other developers. So they just like okay, just let them do that, and then that that'll be that. That's and how we got that GI Joe hero shooter that came out a, a couple of years ago, Garrett. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> like GI I've Joe, heard, I've heard of that. Blackout man, so, that game is so, either. Update on the Switch, yes. So Planetscape or Planescape Torment in Icewind Dale Enhanced Editions. There That's bundled together, and Baldur's Gate One and Two enhanced editions are bundled together on yeah. on the Switch right here. And it's important to note that the the enhanced editions of Baldur's Gate One and Two come with the expansions as well, which also is like another yes. fifty hours of content for each of those games. So, yeah. In fact, I don't know if you've ever seen the 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 PC version of the original Baldur's Gate. Um, specifically with its manual, because the the manual for Baldur's Gate One <laughs> like was Bible. this. It was no lie. This thick had this seven thing. books. Matthew That's like Mark seven books John. worth of stuff for the audio <laughs> listeners. It was ridiculous. It was like four hundred or five hundred pages, and it was like a tall book. It wasn't even like uh, like the the t- book itself. Garrett was like this tall, like like eight and a half by eleven pages or or taller, which is ridiculous. Insane. Insane. Yeah. The only thing that rivaled it um, was a strategy game in the Star Wars universe, Star Wars Rebellion, that I got back in the day where it, the the manual for that game was legit a thousand pages, which was <laughs> r- r- ridiculous. That game was so complicated. Um, in fact, it's on Steam now because they did a re-release of it. Uh, but it is the game is so complicated that like it, people have no idea how to play it nowadays. If you actually, <laughs> that's hilarious. There's kind of the history, the short history of D and D games. Um, there's also, you know, there, there was like a, a tiger electronic handheld D and D game as well as some other, you know, PC only releases back on like DOS back in the day for, for, um, for D and D. But, you know, we, we, I wanted to keep it at least a little bit short when t- discussing D and D, because we got to talk about some of these other tabletop franchises, Garrett, that you might be less familiar with. These are the more yes. obscure franchises. First up, we got Vampire the Masquerade, which, by the way, as soon as Seth saw the thumbnail and saw that Vampire the Masquerade was going to be discussed on tonight's podcast, he kind of flipped out a little bit because he's he got very excited. It, it, oh, okay, he's a big fan of that. Cool. Yes. Awesome. So Vampire the Masquerade, <laughs> similar to Dungeons and Dragons, there's a, like a, a separate company 
Um, and they did a bunch of different, I think it's their third, I think they're called white wolf entertainment and they do a bunch of different tabletop games. Um, so they have vampire, the masquerade here, as well as another one we're going to talk about later in vampire, the masquerade is, is about this, this world that's kind of ruled by vampires where, you know, mm. and, and you basically play as a vampire in vampire, the masquerade as kind of the, the name alludes to, um, and you live in this world, in, in this society ruled by vampires. And there's a bunch of different factions and a lot of like p- political intrigue. So it's actually like, like it. a really interesting franchise, which leads to some really interesting games. Of course, the first game in the series is Vampire the Masquerade Redemption, which came out on two in 2000 on PC. Um, this was a very, very similar to Baldur's Gate. It was kind of like a very CRPG style mm-hmm. game. It was a game that most people forgot existed um it was popular at the time because people the vampire the masquerade was a pretty popular franchise when it came out in the mid 80s um and it just got more and more popular over time but the 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 hidden gem garrett or the game that everyone points to with this franchise when it comes to video games vampire the masquerade bloodlines which came out in 2004 this was originally supposed to come out on console but it only came out on pc and this is actually a fallout style or elder scroll style game in the Vampire the Masquerade universe, where again, you create your like own it. vampire, you decide which of the factions you want to join, and then you do all these quests and and, and go on these adventures and, and explore the world of Vampire the Masquerade. Like, it's, it's, it's this really underrated Vampire the Masquerade game that uh, a lot of people actually still go back to and play today. Like, it's actually a pretty popular game amongst streamers or people that are just into Vampire the Masquerade. Um, and it's received a ton of mods over the years, of course, because it's on PC. Um, but uh, it's it, it's a pretty cool game, Garrett. Like I, I played it back in the day and really enjoyed it. Um, and we'll talk about we don't. And, and I will say nowadays, probably for people who haven't played before, it's tough. It's a tough game for people who ha- didn't play it back then to play yeah. now. But luckily, there's going to be a solution in place that we'll get to in just a second. Because after 2004. There weren't really any Vampire the Masquerade games until 2022 when um, we got Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt, which was a battle royale game in the Vampire the Masquerade universe. It came out last year. It came out last year. Um, I don't know Uh, if you remember this game, Garrett, but no one. I I remember I remember Vampire the Masquerade being shown off like a couple like a few years ago and that's the vampire the masquerade bloodlines i guess and i remember seeing a trailer and like people being very very excited for this i i remember some noise about vampire the masquerade last year but i didn't not know this was the uh a battle royale game that came out last year it it was definitely a game that came out last year and nobody played it so it got shot down pretty quickly um but there's another reason why people were excited about vampire the masquerade last year vampire the masquerade bloodlines 2 was announced at the xbox showcase last year as like an xbox timed exclusive i think it's supposed to be game pass day and date and very similar to vampire the masquerade bloodlines it's gonna be like an elder scrolls or fallout style game in the vampire the masquerade universe where you play as a vampire and you go and explore and do all these quests and you pick your faction and there's like political intrigue like it seems pretty cool and i'm pretty excited for when this game comes out unfortunately there's no release date because it was originally actually supposed to come out um at the beginning of this year and it got delayed okay. definitely so we don't have oh. like a well when i say delayed it definitely it got changed from 2023 to tbd so 
Who knows? Ooh. Yeah. Well, who's developing it? Uh, Focus Home Entertainment. Like they are the developer too. Oh, sorry. There's a developer under them. I don't remember it off the top. Okay. Of for the look. Uh huh. No, I'm looking this up. Uh, yeah. Bloodlines two. Um, let's see here. Hard Suit Labs and the publisher is Paradox Interactive. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So hard. Oh, yeah. Suit Focus Home did the the uh, the Battle Royale. That's why I got confused. Oh, okay. Hard. Okay. So. Okay, yeah, they don't. Hard Suit Labs doesn't have that much. It looks like of a repertoire. It's just within the Paradox Interactive kind of yeah. umbrella. So, yeah. and the trailer Anyways. they had they showed before at the Xbox Showcase was a, a cinematic trailer, so we didn't really get to see any of the gameplay. But this is a game that, from what they talked about in interviews afterwards, and and from what I know of the pedigree of the original game and how it sounds like they 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 you know understand why people like that original game. I think this is a game that that people should have on their radar when we do find out when it's coming out. Cause uh, again, oh. if you like Bethesda style games and you also like playing as vampires, like this is going to be a no brainer kind of a game. I think it's going to be a one to look at. Cause it's definitely like, if you look up on the steam page, it is under the paradox interactive um, developed and published by, and they've made some pretty awesome simulation games. Mm-hmm. Um, like crusader kings 3 city skylines they have stellaris so they understand how to build lore and how to tell it so i'll be interested in this actually and see how this goes Uh, yeah and i wanted to make sure to point this out too because i knew this would be the type of game that when garrett actually sees how this plays that you'd actually probably be really interested in so um but of course seth hops in with a question of course because that kind of rounds out the list of vampire the masquerade games but seth has a question about vampire the masquerade and you're probably not gonna be able to answer this question because you really no but i'm good uh, seth asks what is the best vampire the masquerade clan and why is it nosferatu so in the world of vampire the masquerade because this world is ruled by vampires there's a bunch of different factions as i mentioned um and, and and depending on the style of vampire you are you usually belong to that type of faction. So the Nosferatu are kind of like the physically disfigured vampires. Like they're almost like um, the classic like bat-like vampires that you've seen in movies or or literature before yeah. where they're, when you look at them, you're like, okay, that's definitely a vampire when you look at them. Um, yeah. they, they're like Got disfigured it. or they look, they, they have bat-like, you know, features and stuff like that. Um, but I'm going to disagree with you, $2 Hero, because if I want to be a vampire, I want to I wanna show off, I want to be like, I want to show us some class here. I don't want to. I don't want to be just this, you know, street rat kind of vampire that that looks all gross wow. and stuff. No, don't, I don't want to do that. Throwing shade. There well, you go, Seth. To be fair, that's kind of what happens because I, I normally play as part of the Torador faction, and they are um, kind of like the divas or the artistes, if you would, of mm. uh, of the, the the vampire faction, where they're um they, they're more all about the, the the their powers are based on seduction or you know um charming the, your enemies so like they're very good at you know getting bending people's wills to their own in a lot of ways like i kind of i kind of like that a little bit uh also i like the idea of just like coming up with like being an artist and just painting in blood just sounds like fun if you're a vampire so yeah that um, sounds pretty fun yeah mm-hmm. or the other fra- faction i kind of side with is gangrel and they're more like beast like vampires like they, they they kind of like are taken over by their vampire like instincts so they're they're more more beast than man uh because i like that idea where you're almost like a feral vampire 
at that point. I, it's I like, like these. Yeah. I like these factions. I like how different they are. I wish that that amount of creativity was in the enemy design for Redfall. Just just letting you know. Of the, course. The, gosh, the, the Redfall the is, Those are only like three of like 15 factions in Vampire. The that's Master. crazy. They're all like super that's unique cool. and interesting. So yeah, it's a universe that's really cool that I just wish we got more games in. Um, but luckily that's going to change pretty soon. Unless you want to go play a Battle Royale game right now that no one's playing here. We can go do that. But, um, it's free to play. Of course. Uh, next up, we got Werewolf the Apocalypse. This is also made by uh, White Wolf Entertainment. Um, but we only really have one game in that series, which is Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood, which came out in 2021. This was a def- definitely a ho- focus home entertainment game, uh, and it was not good. But it's a, it's a, it's a, like mm. the, the Werewolf the Apocalypse uh, RPG is very similar to Vampire the Masquerade, but instead of vampires, it's werewolves, is kind of the idea. Okay. So there's like different okay. werewolf factions, um, but the world's not unlike Vampire the Masquerade, like werewolves don't rule the world, but they kind of exist in the shadows of, of society. Um, but there's a bunch of different werewolf factions trying to vie for power in, okay. you know, the, kind of the underworld. Um, so again, cool. it's a really interesting tabletop game that I think would make like an interesting video game. But we only had one game that came out a couple of years ago. That was the first time they ever d- adapted it. And it was not very I, I heard of this game. Actually, I remember seeing the it coming and going. Yeah, I, I there remember, were a lot of advertisements like, for this game before it came out because yeah. Werewolf the Apocalypse is actually a pretty popular IP, just like Vampire <laughs> the Masquerade is. So okay, I yeah. remember like, what is this game? And the reviewers are like, "Don't worry about it." And I'm like, "Okay, sounds good." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's very much what I heard. Yeah. Well, a much better IP, and this one, this uh, tabletop game started in the late '80s. It's based off the the book, like the the works of Edgar Allan Poe, of all things. Uh, we got oh. Call of Cthulhu, which you might have heard of before, Garrett. And yes, I've heard of this one. There are multiple Call of Cthulhu video games based off the tabletop game. Of course, the first game in the series, Call of Cthulhu: Shadow of the Comet, came out on PC in 1993. This is basically like a text adventure that takes place in the Call of Cthulhu franchise. But a lot, the game that a lot of people know from this franchise is Call of Cthulhu Dark Corners of the Earth. This came out on the original Xbox and the PC in 2005. And this was kind of like, almost like Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, but this was like an open world RPG similar to like that, you know, what you would get from something like The Witcher or um, or a Bethesda style RPG, where it was first okay. person, you, you did a bunch of quests and stuff like that. And it was kind of this open world game which was really interesting. Um, cool. but, but then we got a reboot. Many, many years later, Call of Cthulhu came back just as Call of Cthulhu on modern consoles. So this is on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. This came out in 2018 and it got okay reviews. People, people thought it was okay. But um, okay. It's certainly, it's like I've never really been into Call of Cthulhu, um, but I know a lot of people actually really like this franchise. Um, but it's never really had like again a good set of video games. I think Dark Corners of the Earth is probably the best one, but they're all kind of hit or miss at this point. Got it. Yeah. But then next one, Garrett. I don't know if you've heard of this franchise before. Uh, Cyberpunk. Never heard of it. Have you heard of Cyberpunk oh. before, Garrett? I I heard it's a uh, indie darling uh, to many. It's uh, very small but uh, very successful coming out. You know, yeah. within recent years. Um, made by the the small indie developer that is uh, oh CJ Project oh. Red. I think yeah, the Project Red, yes, yes, Project Red. Um, they also made the very very small, uh, very like literally the the size of it's small. 
of, yeah. of the Witcher series. Yes, yes. Of, of course. course. Yeah. Yes. So Cyberpunk, most people don't know, but Cyberpunk 2077 is actually based off a tabletop game called Cyberpunk. And it plays similarly to D&D, but it's in the Cyberpunk universe, like the, the, the far future universe where you have like character classes based off, you know, far future cyberpunky kind of stuff. Similar to what you play in Cyberpunk 2077, the video game. Um, but this was uh, more of an obscure one where honestly, I didn't know the tabletop game existed until they announced cyberpunk 2077, the game. Yeah. Whereas I, I saw a lot of people either. freaking out of the trailer, the initial trailer for cyberpunk because of the fact that they knew the tabletop game, but I like, I knew nothing about this. Cause I think cyberpunk as a, uh, as a tabletop game was pretty popular in Europe, but not popular okay. here in North America. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Kind of like AFF was, but of course, Cyberpunk, one, probably one of the best tabletop role-playing game video games we've ever played. Yes. Play. Of these games that you have mentioned, Cyberpunk 2077 is like, okay, I'll play that one <laughs> compared to the exactly. rest of them. Yeah. And then, of course, Garrett, to kind of round out our conversation, I've got a list of um, video games that have that are were very much inspired by tabletop games, but don't actually have their own tabletop games, except for fan creations, of course. Uh, we've got you know Star Wars Knights of the Republic, the original Fallout games, Disco Elysium, Pillars of Eternity, Divinity Original Sin, and of course, Dragon Age Dragon Origins. Age. All these were kind of like based around the ideas <laughs> that came from other, yeah. you know, tabletop games, but they weren't actually based off tabletop games themselves. But yeah, like there's, and there's, the Pillars of Eternity kind of transferred over. There's like board games and card games of Pillars yeah. of Eternity now. Yeah, exactly. Because there's also, um, and we got a question about this later, but we have like The Witcher has a tabletop game now fallout does um like a lot of these games here uh, that i mentioned all have tabletop games now based on these games that were then inspired by tabletop games when they were being created in the first place which is just really yeah. interesting to think about the snake kind of eating its own tail there when it comes yeah to that stuff. so pretty cool yeah that's all the games that's all the games garrett it was a big list a lot to go through big list but yeah definitely like a, this was kind of again like a surface level discussion on tabletop role-playing games um but uh we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about some of these more in the future i think um as yes. time goes on but let's party up garrett because we got some questions let's party about up. this topic um, let's go let's start with i can't see who says i've never played a pen and paper role-playing game the closest thing i ever played was the uh, text adventure and a mud mmo and again, i've never played a mud mmo i don't actually know what that is um but i text don't know what that is either Text adventures are definitely like close to what would make sense as far as like if you were playing like a a, a role like a D and D style game because everything's told to you in text and and described to you as if you can't really see anything because I used to play those back in the day on um, billboard services of course the, uh, this just shows how old I am uh, connecting with my fourteen four modem and to the internet to billboard services and which had like you know different text adventures on them and it'd be like oh you're going going on this adventure you see a field what do you do and you say go forward and then it tells you what happens when you go forward and you basically do that for eight hours which is exciting. got it so so mud mmos are very similar to text-based adventures only it's multiplayer so it's okay multi-user dungeon uh and now it's called like a multiplayer real-time virtual world mm. and i guess they made up their own content and stuff i i've never heard of yeah. this this is super interesting well i was gonna say like yeah. this would have definitely been before your time <laughs> like this is like 
the type of thing where where like I would I um played some of these when I was in you know in in like 1995 Garrett is when I played got some it. of the stuff like this is when yeah, it was popular yeah. before I was a baby back then so yeah sense. you were you were definitely too young I think for some of this stuff <laughs> next up we got Darth Stridius who says I love D D you've played it before if you could take a video game that doesn't have a tabletop version which game would you want a tabletop version mm. of? So I actually have two that I think would be really interesting. Uh, one, of course, is kind of like the, my most obvious pick, and that is Mass Effect. I actually would love oh, yeah, that would be great. a tabletop game based off Mass Effect because I think that's just that's a slam dunk of an idea right there. You've already kind of got the factions in place with Mass Effect. You've also already got kind of the character classes from the games that you can kind of create your character classes with in, in mm-hmm. the tabletop game. I'm sure there's a million scenarios you could come up with in the Mass Effect universe. I think that just is like home run, slum dunk kind of a there you go. Kind of kind of an idea. Um, but the other idea I actually had, and I'll go to you, Garrett, is uh, is Metal Gear Solid, which is hmm. not a role-playing game. But I think it would be interesting to do have, like see like a stealth take on a tabletop role playing game where you can play as like a group of you know agents, um, almost like mm-hmm. Metal Gear Online in a way, where you kind of have like a, a shared objective where you all kind of have to be kind of stealthy. I think that would be like a, make like for a really interesting role playing game where it really like I think like that your chances of evading the camera, for example, and rolling for initiative to to see if you avoid the camera would be like really interesting and cool. So, yeah. So a sneaky board game. I, I haven't seen too much of those. Yeah. Um, well, again, I, it wouldn't be a board yeah. game. It'd be a tabletop uh, experience where you'd have a dungeon master kind of I doing see. all that stuff. So like, I think it would work better outside the parameters of a board game itself. Cause I think actually Metal Gear does have a board game. In fact, I'm going to look that up right now, but I want to hear your answers while I look this up, Garrett. Oh man, you, you know me. Like I, I would like to, <laughs> I would really like to play like a fallout, like, um tabletop game i'm sure they exist out there yeah. um, many different scenarios um i think i would play more of like let's say fallout 4 like or fallout 76 lore centered around a tabletop game more than the game itself mm-hmm. i i would i i would love to because i i like the um aspect the time of that game the history of fallout is very interesting as well um, people don't know it's it's an alternative history timeline and in mm-hmm. very uh you know americana like early you know 1950s 60s style and but it's set in the future it is very bizarre very weird what could have happened um yeah i would definitely be into that um i i wouldn't care for an elder scrolls um tabletop just because dungeons and dragons kind of covers it yeah like and, it'd be and very more. similar yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So I, I would I would say first and foremost a Fallout maybe a smaller indie game I would love a Nobody Saves the World um, I wouldn't say a tabletop game but more of a board game that would be like a simple silly board game that you could just go through um, and have random cards I have you played Munchkin I have uh, played Munchkin. Yeah. yeah so very similar to that where you you know you can pick up cards and like based on the cards you could take different forms and like nobody saves the world i would like something more like that versus a tabletop game but okay. yeah those are those are my choices that'd be pretty cool. sure yeah munchkin's actually a really fun game if people have never played it <laughs> i was very addicted to that that so those were the two biggest ones it was dungeons and dragons and then also munchkin that that yeah. I played a lot with friends yeah 
Yeah. Like when I moved in, when I first moved to Toronto, my roommate, she was like obsessed with Munchkin. So we ended up playing like almost every night. And then the nights we didn't play that, we were playing Magic the Gathering or, or something else instead. We were a very nerdy household. You, you must understand. There you so, go. Um, yes. Munchkin was played a lot. But, and actually, Garrett, to, to answer your question, there is a Metal Gear Solid board game um, where that does have stealth, where you can hide in a cardboard box and everything. And uh, there's it even comes a with a replica. Met, it even comes with like a little replica of cardboard boxes, and of course a replica Metal Gear as well. That's bigger than all the other fe- figures, which is really interesting. Nice. Sounds yeah. good. All right. Next question comes to us uh, from Nagachaka, and and now we've actually transitioned out of tabletop games. Gary, uh, Nagachaka asks, which paper themed RPG from the GameCube needs to be remastered for the Nintendo Switch, and why is it Paper Mario with a Thousand Year Door? Well, Duncan Chalky, you didn't give us a lot of room for other alternative yeah, answers. Yeah, you kind of just like narrowed it. And then when he said from the GameCube, yeah. well. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, obviously the correct answer, Garrett, is Paper Mario Color Splash because we need Color Splash to come back. Um, even though we don't, that's actually a terrible answer. Because um, actually Sticker Star is the better answer, right? No. Sticker Star is bad too. Um, yes, of course, oh. Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Of course. I think folks who are audio listeners, of course, Garrett was just like, this was a mistake. I could tell on the look on his face that this was. I need to play the paper, the original Paper Mario game on Nintendo 64 Nintendo Switch Online. It's there. You should. It's, you should. it's ready to play. Yeah. It's right there. Um, and then I'll play Thousand Year Door, and then uh, you know, we still got you know the best RPG from the GameCube already being remastered this year. That is Bankaitos one and two, yeah, together remastered. You like them more than hold on that by saying that, Garrett, that means you you like them more than uh, than Fire Emblem Path of Radiance or Tales of Symphonia, which I haven't played those, okay, because those are like people's favorite RPGs on the GameCube, but Uh, they're up there, okay. But Paper Mario, Thousand Your Door is a really good game, Nagajaka. Um, one day we'll get it, but I think one they'll day. actually, to Garrett's point, I actually think that it's more likely that they actually remaster or remake um, the original Paper Mario maybe instead first before they do Thousand Year Door. But we'll see. I mean, it sounds yeah. Switch Online, so who knows? N- Nintendo's a who knows? weird company. We I never thought they were going to remaster or remake um, uh, <laughs> Super Mario RPG, <laughs> but they did. That's true. Also, they did. Also, Ribo brings up a game I forgot. Skies of Arcadia. I think of that more of a as a Dreamcast game than a GameCube game. So that's why I forgot about it when talking about GameCube games. Because that game has been always been so expensive on GameCube that I've never actually seen a copy in person. Uh, and that's like a thousand dollar game. So I will never play it on GameCube. My goodness. Yeah. You can get a PC with that. Like, come on, guys. And then you you, you just get Skies of Car- Arcadia if you try hard enough. Just playing yeah. it up. But I think there are ways, Garrett. I think there are ways. There are ways. Um, all right, last question of the week comes to us from Yarden, who says, Ryan, after Garrett finishes Final Fantasy 16, what is your personal recommendation for the next Final Fantasy he should play? Also, Parasite Eve is not a Final Fantasy game, so you can't pick that. Of course, this is in direct you know, response, Garrett, to the poll that you posted over yes. on Twitter. And actually, we should go check on the voting for that real quick, because we got to... I, I, I wonder if it's done. Let stats. me check, actually. Yeah. Uh, 17 hours left, Garrett so yeah i think it's basically done though we got um i don't know got you got 237 votes man That's yeah yeah it's been slow it's been slower like the past day so 
I'm just going to say out loud the four choices. It's Final Fantasy VII Remake, Final Fantasy VII Classic, Final Fantasy XII, and then Other. I wish I had more options. Come on, Elon. You can do this. You don't have to be stupid about this. Just just give me more options. Um, but Final Fantasy VII Remake's in the lead, which yeah. there's a lot of comments about, you got to play Classic first. You really do. And I'm like, you yeah, actually kind of okay. do. Um, second is Final Fantasy VII Classic, and third is Other, with I think a lot of people were saying Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. Of course. Uh, I know Yarden Rebecca was, said was, Final Fantasy VI as well. So Rebecca and Yarden, uh, the, the top uh, you know, people that 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 would influence my gaming decisions is yeah. definitely uh six. Um I do have four as well. A lot of people said 10, and I hope you just regretted that decision, guys. Like 10 is is uh, let me tell you, is the it's the garbage of of all final i'm just messing with you guys we've I'm had sure this discussion is, before like discussion yes like i hate final fantasy 10 i'm just gonna say yes i don't like that yeah game. it's and it's a, it's a it's a vile rpg let me tell you it it's, also makes uh, me very sad that it, it was the last traditional turn-based final fantasy game it was final fantasy yeah. 10 yeah and they, they moved away from that and they moved away from the it after that game but yeah mm-hmm, i don't like of that, that nonsense much. Yeah. Anyways, uh, a lot of votes for nine as well. Nine actually came up a lot in, in nine came up a lot. So I, th- I don't want next week. I'll, I'll I'll tell you my decision. How about that? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, so since Jordan asked, obviously the correct answer is Parasite Eve. But because I'm barred from saying Parasite Eve, because Parasite Eve is apparently not a Final Fantasy game, so it doesn't count, even <laughs> though Garrett should play it. Um, I think. I mean, it's a toss up because like. You should really finish Final Fantasy VII Classic. I agree with people in saying you shouldn't play Remake without playing Classic because... Got it. Remake, in a way, is kind of a sequel to the original game, if hmm. that makes sense. like that. Okay. It, it, trust me, it'll make sense when you actually play it. Um, where And a lot of the stuff that happens in Remake won't make any sense to you if you didn't play the original game. Um, plus, you know, I think some of the, the emotional sections or some of the, the sections in the game will actually hit you harder if you played the original game, like it did for me. Like I, I actually okay. really like that stuff. Um, which is why, like, if you're going to play seven at all, I think you definitely start with classic rather than remake. Um, even though remake, <laughs> I think is more approachable. So honestly, and Yarden actually points out the answer I was going to probably go to final fantasy nine is probably the one I suggest. It's either that yeah. or final fantasy six. I think both of them are great options um and it almost doesn't matter which one you play because they don't really connect to any other games and i think they're great standalone games and also they're great classic final fantasy games no one's saying 12 which is interesting like no one i know how you feel about uh, about mmos though garrett and okay i think i'm more related to that just because it, it does feel like xenoblade yeah in a way that's what i was gonna say like if you like xenoblade's combat then you actually probably will like Final Fantasy 12, because Final Fantasy 12 feels like playing Final Fantasy 11 or another MMO, which kind of I in see. a way is what um, Xenoblade kind of felt like too when playing it. So yeah, yeah, you'd probably actually be right at home with 12. And 12's got an amazing story with a great cast of characters. Like it's got a lot of political intrigues. So if you're into the political stuff that Final Fantasy does, then actually you would probably really like 12 a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a bunch of different directions you could go in this. But mm-hmm. to answer Yarden's question. Uh, to settle, I'll say nine, but six is very. I, I've heard about the nine remake though. 
about it. It's yeah. kind of, and that's the, why uh, it might be better just to wait even on nine, and which is why like six might be the best choice because they're probably not going to remake six. And even if they do, like the Super Nintendo Classic oh, yeah. version of six is like a masterpiece probably, of the game. Yeah, that's why I hear. So yeah, um, although six. all three of them are, to be fair, just to give the others credit, like Final Fantasy four and five are all like all three of those games are masterpiece games um okay. and and deserve to be played at some point um which I, is why, have... like, I think pixel remasters of all three of them would be the best way to play them at mm-hmm. this point i did i do have final fantasy i did buy final fantasy 4 in the after years via okay. psn and it's on my vita nice and it's uh it's looking good yeah um yeah the only thing that's I'm missing wondering. is the fast forward mode from the pixel remasters, but otherwise it's still. Oh, I do have four on Steam as well, so I I might do that, and then if I'm really into it, I can go to the After Years separately on the Vita. Yeah, yeah, the After Years is definitely worth playing as well if you like Final Fantasy Four. If you do end up playing the original game, but yeah, I mean honestly, yeah, the world is your oyster when it comes to Final Fantasy games, Garrett, because a Apparently. lot of them that you haven't played are really good and. It'll be just deciding, all right, which one of these do I want to play? Um, and actually, if I know if I knew, Garrett, that you were thinking of going back and playing some of the older ones, it, you should almost play them in the order they released in, not because okay. they relate to each other, but because it'll make you going, see the progression. Yeah, kind it, of thing. Not only that, too, but it'll make, you know, playing the older games easier, because if you play six and then go back and play four, it's going to feel weird to play that game or five because okay. of the way that the, the some of the stuff controls. So I think it actually is better to do that. And five, again, a lot of people didn't suggest it, but I actually think five is a very solid game that is kind of underrated for sure. Okay. But, Sounds good. Cool. Final Fantasy. It's exciting, Garrett. We all love Final Fantasy here. But before we go, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be playing some more for sure. Yep. Well, that is the end of the show, Garrett. But before we go, Garrett Blood Scout. You can follow me at Twitter at Bland Explosion. Um, and then you can just find me on the Discord. I'm very active on the RPG Cave channel. And then also at the Play Some Video Games Discord channel as well. We got the portable pros over there. Nice. And we're, we're, you know, we're very active over there with the ROG Ally, the Steam Decks. I, I really want to push that. You know, may, maybe, you know, Carpool Gaming, we have more of a Steam Deck slash handheld presence i know i know some people out there yeah you love your pc handhelds as well so please let me know yeah put some noise in the discords i was gonna say we see a lot of that talk in the pc section but there's that to your point there's not as many people doing that as as you would but i also think not enough of our people in our community have those devices yet i think it's mostly just i know you and matt have one and i don't know of anyone else who has a steam deck for it okay people let, let me know tweet at me at blind explosion if if you have a steam deck and you're part of the carpool gaming community let me know or let us know in the discord in the pc gaming section as well yeah yeah that too there. yeah as for me you can find me on the old twitter at ryan Trevor, and you can also find me on on threads i made a threads account just for the heck of it just, i'm on ryan Trevor over there i don't know if i'll ever use it because at this point, because I, I like I, I, I wanted to, of course, pre-save my name because I saw so many people, Garrett, who didn't get their names on 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 threads. So I'm like, if we ever have to go there, I would rather just have my name actually there. So I, that's why I actually cool. signed up for it at this point. But yeah, I'm on threads technically, but I'm not I'm not actually actively using it. It's really pointless to follow anyone, apparently, on threads. Yeah. Well, because they I don't have a random. Yeah, there's no feed to just look at your followers. So it's just a bunch of random that crap from, what's the from point of Instagram. followers. 
no exactly <laughs> so weird that's why i'm not all in on on threads at this point because i like the app a lot um but i don't like that part of it which is why i'm just like yeah i'll i'll wait until i'll wait yeah. until we know for sure what's gonna happen there but also you can find us on twitter carpool gaming as well youtube.com slash carpool game of course our website carpoolgaming.com and of course podcast services around the globe so for garrett bland i'm ryan turford this has been the 100th level of the rpg cave and we're out good night everybody bye RPG Caves Mana is powered by patrons over at patreon.com slash carpoolgaming and we want to say thank you to all of our patrons starting with our ultimate producers Robbie Bobby Miller you can check him out over at twitch.tv slash Robbie Bobby Miller Tony Baker from the Quest for Pixels podcast you can check him out over at youtube.com slash Quest for Pixels today Jonathan Brown the man behind the music you can check him out all of his album information is found in the podcast description lee navarro the leader fearless leader of the phoenix overdrive extra life team you can check him out over at phoenixoverdrive.com and then trucker sloth as well our platinum producers marcus mccracken and rj kern and our gold members adam k anna awesome dave 13737 browza cecily carosa dano drellish emily o'kelly foolish fuji hopple john 32 jonas young Jose Jimenez, Marcus O'Neill, Shy Guy, Tim Alf, and Tim Pallon. Thank you all for all of your support, and if you want to hop in the car with us, head out over to patreon.com slash carpoolgaming and choose the tier that's right for you.